0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team,
1: power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Power, power.
0: G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio tonight. I'm Macca nineteen, and joining me is Portia. How are we?
1: I'm oh, Macca, I'm fantastic. What a what a fantastic weekend of football. It was great.
0: It was great. Yeah, really yep. And was. then there
1: was our game on Thursday night before the weekend that was total shit.
0: It was. That's right. <laughs> I would almost rather stab myself with a pair of chopsticks in the eyes than do this review, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it
0: might be soul cleansing. Well, I'm not sure.
1: Pe- people might find it entertaining. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Opposition fans.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Well, let's get into it and uh, do Mm. I love and hate. One thing we loved and uh, we'll limit it to one thing we hated about Thursday night. Um, We'll we'll start, we'll get the good stuff over the way. Uh, What did you love?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess I loved that I wasn't at the game. Um, That's a good thing. Because it it meant I could just turn the TV off as soon as the final siren went and that was it. And I could go and do something else, which I did.
0: Mm. Mm. That's good.
1: That's good love. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was all right. That's, that's, mm. that's pretty good. Um, uh, I don't know what else there would be. Uh, Paddy Ryder was still okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There are a couple of good things that Sam Palpepper did, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. That's
0: all right. Yeah. I love Jared Pollock. Yeah, what what a yeah, year look, he he had, a, he had a real crack.
1: He had a real crack. That's that's for sure Pollack, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um he had a crack and then other people in the team decided he should have more of a crack than he did. Mm. Um which we'll talk about later because that'll be my yeah. hate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Another
0: best on ground performance for Jared, I thought. Um you may not get uh you know 30 35 touches every week, but uh you make sure every touch does count and it's uh Great to see him in such um, consistent form after last year and after his injury the year before as well. And you know he's, he's really barely put a foot wrong all year, to be honest. And um, that run of delivery is um, consistently first class, so it's um, it's absolutely vital to our side at the moment.
1: Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, and uh, I guess it's so instrumental that even leaderships looking to him for leadership, even the leaderships uh, leaders in our team, supposed leaders in our team, are looking to him for leadership. Does that, that, that make does sense? That does make
0: sense, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Because he's not a senior. I mean, he's, I suppose is a senior player, really. I don't know. Like, if you're going he's on age, he's probably, not. But if you're going on performances,
0: he He's probably getting up there. What would he be now, 25? Oh,
1: I wouldn't be 24? that old, I don't think. 23, I reckon. He's not that old. Let's have
0: a look. 24. Well, oh, there you half. go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, well, I mean, he's probably getting up there <clears throat> and reaching that sort of uh, stage where you become a bit of an on-field leader, so uh, mm. good on him, mm. I reckon. Mm. We've had a few comments on the speaker chat. My uh, Clifford loves uh, venting on the game day thread, uh, which enough. is always good fun, and uh, Pommy Power loved uh, defence, which was very, very good, I thought. Oh, uh, yeah? For
1: the most part. Well, I mean, it's got the same flaw that it has every time we get beaten, which is that we've got um, small guys. Or oh, sorry, we don't have a big gorilla uh, that's able to take on the really tall guys. But did that's, that's really it. on the
0: weekend?
1: I kind of feel like it did because it made them a threat. Did account for. Oh, Hawkins did
0: nothing. Hawkins did nothing and Taylor had two kicks.
1: I'm looking at my stats. They
0: kicked one goal between them. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's see. And took
0: two contested marks between them, so I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, i look, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I'm not going to, look, I'm, I'm obviously not going to go back and watch the game again so I can break you down <laughs> by point maker, so that's fine, I'll just, I'll let you have that one. Yeah, Get
0: <laughs> my word for it this time, that's all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just, I just can't be bothered challenging you. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs>
0: now, your hate for this week.
1: My hate is uh, Justin Westhoff. It's just straight-up Justin Westhoff. Justin um, Westhoff, am I right? Ha-ha! <laughs> oh, okay, you're a wit, you're a wit. Oh, God. That was worthy of Rick, that one. That was a good one. <laughs> that is a Rick joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I he was not good at all in this game. He is the player that I'm sort of obliquely referring to as someone that is looking to Pollock as a leader when he really should be a leader in our side. He's played... 10,000 billion games, um, and a lot of them I wouldn't have picked him for, uh, and he just showed nothing. He just showed nothing, really. Um, he's a frustrating player. He doesn't kick the goals he should, and, you know, he sets a terrible example, like when he went back to Pollock after Pollock had gone to him for a shot for goal. Like, what is that? Yeah. <clears throat> what is that? Seriously? You know, Pollock says, okay, you're in a better position, kicks it to him, and West Dodge decides, nah, you, you have a go. Like that. That set the tone for the rest of the game, you know, when when mm. that sort of thing's happening. Um, we have fought last year the, the concern about players not, you know, taking the kicks that are theirs to take. Um, and at the start of this year, it looked like we'd actually turned it around a bit. Like we had players that, you know, were not normally noted for being amazing kicks, making sure they did what they needed to do when it was their turn to do it. And that Westhoff move signalled the return to the old sort of, oh, geez, I don't know, you do it. Um, that makes your team fall apart. Yeah. So, no, definitely. I don't want him in that team anymore. I haven't for a while and I definitely don't now.
0: Is he the least clutch player we've ever had at AFL level?
1: Uh, No. No. There would have to be someone less clutch, but I can't think of them right now.
0: I reckon he'd be up there. I know he's played lots of really good games in the past, but when the pressure's on, he just... Like, he's just so mentally fragile that just one thing can set him off for the rest of the game. And you just knew as he marked the ball inside 50 on the halftime siren, he was never going to kick that goal. Like, no. we needed him to kick that goal. He was never, ever going to kick it. And as soon as that happened, that was him done for the rest of the game. He was he was finished. He was done. And it just went to show that... Um, To get us off to a great start in the final quarter, to kick the first goal, that would have been awesome. But no, he chooses to play on when he's 25 metres out on a slight angle and uh, shanks the snapshot. And you just think, God, like, how low must your confidence be to not go back and kick that goal?
1: It's appalling. He's got so many twitches. They're just twitches, aren't they? Like Tourette's, football Tourette's, he's got. Um, it's appalling that he just does these things and they're a terrible example. Like if, if we do take the new spin that will come out about how we you know, got a lot of young players on the side developing, blah, 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 blah then he's the exact opposite of the person you want teaching them how to play. Um, mm. Yeah, no, not interested. Um, yeah, and just on the, you know, is he the least clutch? I mean, I think there are players that have been unfairly maligned a lot more than he has. The One that springs to mind for me is Adam Kingsley being nicknamed bomb scare. Um, when by comparison to Justin Westhoff over the course of his career, like Adam Kingsley was calm and collected all the time. I mean, you want to and fairest, let's just be frank.
0: Oh, he was, he was a bomb scare. Let's be honest. He was, Yeah, uh, the worse. <laughs> yeah, like he get, I don't know. He made my sphincter nice twitch like, uh, no one else I reckon on, uh, in that back line, <laughs> Adam Kingsley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but that was anyone who's in the back line. Elsewhere on the ground, he was fine, whereas was West off is a bit yeah. stuff's a bit iffy everywhere. So, you know.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, a mm. shame. Look, I just hate honourable losses now. I'm just completely over it. You know, it was great when we were, you know, struggling for six or seven years there and uh, were constantly down the bottom eight. All I wanted was for us to be competitive. That's all I wanted. You know, I, I hated how half our games... We were just completely out of it early and you knew five... Not even five minutes in, we were no chance of winning uh, most of those games back then. And, you know, then 2013 and 14 came along and you, you thought, gee, how good is this? You know, we're just competing all the time and, you know, we're so close and we're never out of games. And, um, you know, soon we just need that sort of extra 2 or 3% development and then we're going to start winning those close ones. And we haven't and now it's just bloody annoying. Like, we've just got no killer instinct. Our structure's just seem to always get picked off late in those close games. And we just can't get over the line um, against good opposition at all. And, uh, you know, what? Well, I, I thought we played really bloody well on uh, Thursday night. And, and we took it up to one of the best teams in the league on their home ground and, uh, you know, their celebration anniversary and all that sort of stuff. And But you know, <laughs> we were never going to pull off a win there. Like, it, it just seemed inevitable five minutes out. As soon as that Dixon thing happened... I might as well have shut off the TV because we were no. They're yeah. they always going to kick another goal, and that was going to be the end of it. Um, and and look, it's just another example of how we can't beat good teams, and no matter what we do, we just can't get across the line. And um, you know, is it going to be another generational change before we do actually start winning these games?
1: Uh, well, look. I mean, I guess there's a few things to look at there. Um, the first one is like. <sighs> we've made jokes about in the past and we're currently one of these teams is that we are a side that's relying on marking smalls Um, and in pressure games and finals, they're not the players that will win the game for you. Um, Yeah. Robbie Gray is good when he takes the mark and he's all right at the stuff, but he's at at a point where he needs to take the mark. And if you're putting the tool on him, he's finding it really pretty tough for the most part. Yeah. Um, And so that's, that's not good. That means we should be playing a tall forward. Uh, and we're not, and we're not developing them. You know, we're playing at SANFL, but that's not developing them because they've got to learn AFL like every other player in the side. Um, so, if you're looking for a positive side for the future, I mean, it's not there because we're not putting them in the side. You know, we, we're drafting them. We've got a couple of guys in the list right now that we think are probably possibly going to be okay. But if you don't play them, if you just never play them then they're never going to fill that gap that we actually have. You know, they're never going to reach from being good at SNFL to being good at AFL. They won't make that jump. And we've got how many years of proof that that's the case now? Um, Lots. Lots, lots and lots. Uh, So, uh, you know, that's how we going to get close to it. Realistically, I don't think we are. I don't don't think we are, really. We've got to have a lot of things go our way for that to happen. Um, This was us with our best team. Uh, not being able to being in a position where we were not going to beat Geelong, and that's without that's with two glaring weaknesses in our side in Ryder and Dixon. You know, in that if they're gone, we're done. Like we've got nothing. Um, it, we're we're not we're not there. We're not we're not strong enough as a, as a list, not as a, not as a team, but as a list uh, across the board. Um, and I guess this is probably the time, even though he's been guaranteed another year by KT. Thanks, KT. Um, this is uh, Ken Hinckley's fifth year, and five years is considered to be sort of like the assessment mark for coaches, realistically. Like if a coach has been around for five years, they've had a fair crack. What's going on? Um, I don't know. I just sort of feel like Hinckley, he's there for a long time. <laughs> you know? Uh, I just, by comparison, I went through looking at the history of Rodney because he's sort of been annoying me lately um, just by existing. Uh And when you see his 17-year coaching career, he's had a total of seven winning finals. But he started well with a grand final in his first year as coach. Um, And then he's turned into a 17-year coaching career. I just worry that Hinkley's in the same boat. And he had a good start. He hasn't got any new tricks. um, And that we might be okay competitive. But the reality is that like Sydney and like the Western Bulldogs, we won't get anywhere until he's gone.
0: Yeah. You raise a great point about... um... Trying to get our SNFL forwards into the AFL, and oh, I yeah. think it really needs to happen as quickly as possible because we've seen throughout our entire AFL history, we don't develop players. We don't develop tall forwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we've only really developed two in our entire history, or maybe three. Um, Treaders, right. obviously, Justin yeah. Westhoff and uh, yeah. Ted Corns, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, so three in you know twenty years is probably not good enough, really, to be honest. Um, we've had plenty of opportunities. We, we've given players um, a bit of a crack in the past, and it just hasn't happened. Um, and I would hate for the same thing to happen with uh, Marshall and with uh, Howard, or even, um, to a lesser extent, with Eddie as well. Like We, we just need to get these players into the side. And look, if that means dropping West off, then so be it. You know, He's, what, 30 years old, 31 years old now? Mm.
1: Um,
0: he's not going to play in a premiership. But... Um, I think we would be much better off putting the faith in uh, someone else on our list to try and do the same job that he does.
1: Well, what is that job? Which
0: should be achievable.
1: (laughs) I don't don't want want anyone doing Westos' job in our side. I want want him to be replaced by a forward that plays as a forward. Thanks. Mm.
0: That's
1: fair fair enough.
0: Right. Question Mm. time. Okay. Needs Gravy has asked, uh, should Robbie change his name to Robbie Selwood? Would he get more free kicks then?
1: No, but it would be good if he had a longer neck. So he should wear be. one of those. I think that they have the thing where you put lots of copper rings around your neck and you slowly increase the length of your neck. Like maybe <laughs> if, if it started that when he was 18, he'd probably be getting lots of frees by now, but I think it, it might really be too would. late. It might be too late. He'd also be
0: six foot five. So <laughs> yeah. that, that might've been the answer. <laughs> opportunity lost there. Um Seward Delance has said, of our four losses, Hammer has only been named in the best players once. Uh, For a player who had so much potential and is highly gifted as he is, what's gone wrong and can he still become the player we thought he would be?
1: He's a sweeper and in the losses there hasn't been enough for him to sweep, so he hasn't been in the best players. Um, He's not the guy, this is the thing, this is the difference between him and Dan Houston is that um, Hammer's not the guy that brings the ball to ground. He's not the guy that really does the intercepting marks all that much, unless it's been a really errant kick going forward. He's the guy that sort of goes, there's a looseish ball, or, okay, I'll stand back here, and then, you know, they'll be under pressure right now because the other defenders are doing their thing, and so it should come this way. Um, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a seagull. He's a seagull, let's be honest. He's a seagull. Um, yeah. He's dead set a seagull, and so they're never the players that stand up in your losses.
0: No. Is he going to become the player we thought he would be? No, not no. at this stage. <laughs> he never that, was That boat has sailed,
1: I'm afraid <laughs> He never, was. He never that,
0: was That boat has long sailed, unfortunately yeah. But Look, I think he's had an okay year um, For seagull, yes But in these sorts of games You want You need your leaders to really stand up And uh, Once
1: again, I don't think he really did at all Unfortunately well, how, does a, how does a sweeper stand up? Like, what do they do? the only things they can do that will really influence the game is not be seagoing, yeah? Mm, yeah? That's the only things they can do. So that makes it realistically, the only position that he's proven that he's capable of playing on a consistent basis is not a lead, not one you can lead from anyway. Yeah. Um, so it, how he ever made the leadership group, I don't know, but there you go.
0: Yeah. Warfy1870 has asked, uh, how much wood would a duck sell if a duck could sell wood?
1: Um, I don't know what's the market for wood sold by ducks.
0: I think it's uh, improving at the moment.
1: Okay, well then, where bit, it was I guess, two
0: or three no. years ago, I think it's on the on the rise.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's good then. All right. Mm. Quite
0: a bit. One there. great club has asked, uh, "Why did this particular loss hurt so much?"
1: Um. Oh, well, for me, it's because we've won enough games while also showing that we are not going anywhere that the club can convince themselves that everything's on track and we just need to be patient.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because this was the first game in forever we actually looked like winning at Cadenia uh, Park oh, and no, uh, no, we still couldn't get agree. over the line.
1: I don't agree. I think, that was, I think that was an illusion that you somehow fell for, Macca. I never had that confidence that you did.
0: <laughs> well, I said all along, I said all week we were going to win this, we've got this, and uh, what a shame.
1: Yeah, predictable.
0: That's why it hurt me so much. Mm. There
1: you go. think Power has asked. uh, Sorry, I I think the real answer is that because all through the game when we were watching from home, we could see those grinning Geelong pricks in the corporate box having a good old laugh. That was it. That's all it was.
0: (laughs) I've never wanted to smack someone in the face as much as I wanted to smack that smug prick Cameron Ling and his fucking ring of hair.
1: (laughs) Holding his bloody
0: shit house crown lager up in the bloody corporate box.
1: The only thing that was good about Cameron Ling being in the corporate box is that we didn't actually have to hear his idiotic voice talking about things from the boundary. Yeah. Oh, danger. <laughs> you kicked the winner, mate. How good was that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Pommy Power has asked, what's the best thing to smash when Westhoff pisses you off?
1: Uh, I don't know. In in, if, I mean, if you're going to make it sort of resemble the player, breadsticks. <laughs> breadsticks.
0: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, mm. that's good. Uh, Power girl has asked, uh, "Is anyone else now worried that we won't beat Hawthorne on Thursday?" Yes.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm in mean, already because they've got a system, and we've already shown that we're we, you know, you don't have to be great as long as you have some procedure about how you're playing, um, and they've got a, they've got a good enough <clears throat> midfield, so. And Tom yeah. Mitchell's been really good for them. Yeah. Because they're coming in. They've lost Lewis, sure, but you know, Mitchell's been a not a straight replacement, but he's been an adequate replacement. They've got enough talent there, and more importantly, they're just settled enough that they can still do us in. Without yeah. um, ha- playing
0: a- half reasonable footy as well. Yeah.
1: Like we've had our best games against teams that have not been settled. Um and so that's that's it really. <laughs> that's that's all it comes down to, that have not been settled, that can panic a little bit, that can be made to panic a little bit. Yeah. And that's
0: not Hawthorne, not really. So, uh, Sleazy has asked, what have you learned about us from our four losses?
1: Um, the, the improvement in midfield, if we had not... Okay, if, if Ebert was not playing a fantastic season, if Sam pepper hadn't been drafted and been played straight away, um, uh, then we would not be anywhere near where we are right now. And if Dixon had maintained his form from last year... And Ryder had maintained his form from the year before that, which was still all right. Then we'd be nowhere near it. Um, like that's it. That's basically the changes. the, the Eberts form, Wines's form, uh, Dixon and Ryder both being on their career, well, close to career best form, I'd say. Uh, yeah. And winger to midfield, and Sam Pell pepper coming in. has made us look a lot better than we probably are. Um, yeah. Oh.
0: Mm. I've learned that we aren't good enough to be good opposition. Obviously, I've learned that we. Yeah. Um, uh, when we're playing on emotion and momentum, we look really, really good. But we don't have the class to sustain that for a large amount of time mm. um, against good opposition. I've learned that uh, still our skills are letting us down under pressure. Um, still, our structures can fade or loosen um, when we are seriously pushed late in games. And you know we're we're closer now than we've been in the last two years. But um, we still lack that killer instinct in the end, which is unfortunate.
1: We're in the same space that the Crows were about five years ago, I guess, where they Mm. could absolutely demolish terrible sides and then they'd struggle with the good ones. Yeah. Um, We're kind of back
0: to where we were through the second half of 2014, I feel, without uh, winning eight games straight or whatever it was (laughs) in the Mm. first half of the year.
1: Mm, mm,
0: mm. Sort of beating up on poor opposition, but um, not getting the job done against games that uh, really matter. Unfortunately, and that's uh, that's really what matters.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Uh, Bob McClifford has asked, uh, "What the hell has happened to Hoff and his goal kicking? Because it was a stage where he was a pretty reliable shot, especially uh, you know deep in pockets or from you know sort of forty to fifty meters out. You know, he was a dead eye dick there for for a long time.
1: You mean that period when we were shit in bottom four?
0: No, sort of through 13 and 14. I reckon he um, mm. yeah, you know, he was looking really good in front of the sticks. Well, he was but... out of
1: contract in 14, wasn't
0: he? Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it could have been, probably. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just gone already... by the wayside, hasn't it? We've but... just
1: been talking about the fact he's a confidence player, yeah? So mm. that's all it is.
0: So he's clearly shot of any sort of confidence at this point in time, and has been for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, his miracle goal against Gold Coast, like, that's a perfect West Westcoff kick because there's no expectation he gets it, right? But yep. you put that expectation on him and you put the the timeliness of it on him and then he's no no good anymore. So that's all mental. That's all mental.
0: long live PAFC has asked, that, is a system more important than skills? Have our skills improved or are our structures more consistent and reliable, making it easier for players?
1: Um, I don't think our improvements come from skills, really. And I don't think the system's changed all that much. I think that the calibre of midfield we've had has been better. And we've been aided enormously by the fact that Paddy Wright is a good ruckman in midfield. Um, It's the same answer I gave to the last one, so I'm not going to repeat it all. Um,
0: I don't know. Our system's definitely improved. Our defensive structures have definitely improved, I think.
1: I reckon our, I think, I our think skills about have about the same as last year. Defence. I reckon defence is about the same as last year. Honestly, I don't. Rec- I don't. Rec- I reckon the improvement in defence has come entirely because of the improvement in midfield.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I think the the improvement in defence has also come from uh, having our best talent back on the park again. Um, mm. As well, I mean, there's probably three parts that you really need to become successful, and that's skill structures and talent. I think. Yeah. Um, and you need all of them in certain percentages to, uh, to win a premiership. And I think we've probably got a very good system. I think our skills are very poor. And I think our talent is somewhere in the middle. So we're, we're a little bit off, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess. It, I mean, it's position by position, isn't it? So we can't mm-hmm. really talk about it in general terms.
0: Yeah. Right, let's talk about... The, uh, before we go on to our review, we'll talk about the uh, controversial, much-talked-about incident from the weekend, which was uh, Charlie Dixon taking 30 seconds to line up for goal late in the game. He got called to play on, which has happened probably two or three times in the last 12 years that the uh, that the rule was brought in. Yeah, And um, many are saying it uh, costs us the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dixon being called to play on, for a start, and... Um, did it cost us the game, I guess?
1: Well, yeah, it cost us the game, and that's a precedent I've never seen before. Um, it reminds me, ironically, of a long game, I think it might have been back in the 90s or early 2000s, where everyone was stunned by the fact that the last quarter ended really early um, at Footy Park, and we lost because we, you know, we thought we had another five minutes or so, and it just ended... Suddenly, um, <laughs> I remember that game. Yeah, right. You remember yeah, that one? Everyone, everyone that. sort of anyone that was there remembers it because they were just completely stunned by that. That can't be the final siren. Someone yeah, made it was a mistake. Like
0: <laughs> Twenty-two minutes, thirty seconds into the last yeah. quarter, and the siren goes. It's like, oh, someone leant on the button or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, Right. That was the, that was that game, and that yeah. was a Geelong game. Um, yeah, I think that's what's what happened there. We got Geelonged. Uh, there's no way that that would get done in any other game of, of, of note at all ever. The fact that everyone's sort of up in arms about it, uh, even Victorians are up in arms about it because it's just so bizarre to do. Um, they might have got away with it if it happened on a Sunday Twilight game in Perth, but the fact that it was, you know, a, the Geelong Celebration game, like everyone was watching. Mm. Uh, so, I don't know. It's just a, it's It's got to be umpire error, realistically. That's a terrible mm. precedent that we've never seen before.
0: We have seen it once or twice. I was oh, at man. a game where... It, uh, Probably the only other time it's happened, I was at that game, Brisbane versus Collingwood at the MCG in mm-hmm. 2006, when Jonathan Brown took uh, forever and uh, got uh, called to play on as well. Uh, I can't remember seeing it since. Um, he
1: usually did take forever, though. I mean, I don't think he living that yeah. long. Well, he did take 30 seconds.
0: He did take his 30 seconds. Look, I think it was the correct call on paper, um, because he Couldn't did take his time. If, if he... If they went early and he only took 25 or 28 seconds, I would be absolutely furious. But he did take 30 seconds. By the letter of the law, he should be called to play on, and they did that, and so be it. That's that's the rules. Um, he stuffed up. He took too long. He took 21 seconds before he even faced the goals. Um, fair enough. He was trying to run down the clock, and there was probably, I don't know, 28 minutes gone by that stage, and... Did he get maybe a they all, Maybe they all thought there was only a minute or 90 seconds left or something. But in the end, I don't know. Like, Did the umpire give him a warning even? He gave him a warning, yeah. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Even the Geelong player said they gave him, like the umpire called him, you've got eight seconds left. And that's when he mm-hmm. sort of went through his uh, statue routine and didn't move for another 10 seconds. Um. So I don't know, I don't know. Would it be cold in any other game? Probably not. Like, it just goes back to, the as you said, the Geelong factor. It just had to be this game at that moment, at that ground, with us leading. It would have won us the game. But no, they had to call it. Like, it's just... It was just typical. And, and never as I said before, Like, as soon as that happened, I wanted to turn the TV off because I knew we were not going to win that game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Pillar's going off in the Spreaker chat. Uh, he's saying it's only happened three times in two thousand games. That stat was apparently released today, uh, and his issue is the quality. Is, 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 sorry, there were two players in the predicted zone, uh, and that those two players had no right to be standing where they were. Well, that's um, very
0: true as well. That's, 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 that's very okay. true.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm more um, pissed it, off about the uh, the lack of Robbie Gray free kicks, to be honest, than the Dixon Cole. Like the yeah, absolutely. Like what on earth does Robbie Gray have to do to get a free I kick? Know.
1: I don't know. Honestly, Whatever like, like, Daniel
0: Menzel <laughs> flops forward and gets yep. a free kick when he's barely touched. The same thing happened um, at the other end of the ground as well. Can't remember mm. who was involved, but they got another free kick in front of goal for that. Um, but, like, these were obvious free kicks. Like, Jed Buse was basically inside of him at yeah, that stage. Yep. Like, yep. Yep. Um, two arms over the shoulder. Like, if that was at the other end of the ground, it would definitely have been paid. They they yeah. were the they were the decisions which infuriated me more than the Dixon Cole.
1: Yeah, it's always the non free kicks that uh, we should be paid, that we aren't that are the real killers for us. Realistically, like every week, you could say that. Um, so is Robbie Get
0: Gray, a, a victim of like there is the sort of word around town. I guess you'd say that he does play for free kicks, and he does a bit. Is he now a victim of that? no more
1: than anyone else? <laughs> No, he doesn't. Like he, every every team in the NFL has someone that plays for free kicks as much as him, and he gets less than all of them. Mm. There's no doubt. There's every every team has them. Like no, yeah. you can't you can't possibly mention Robbie Gray without first of all mentioning Joel Selwood. Like he's miles ahead, miles, miles, miles yeah. ahead because he actually gets them paid. <laughs> so yeah, no, no.
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's. I don't think it cost us. Did it cost us the game? I don't know if it cost us the game. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it did. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he would have kicked it anyway. And I, well, um... I, was, I still think if he kicked it, they still would have ended up kicking two goals somehow, and uh, still winning the bloody game because that's what <laughs> they do against Port Adelaide. Like, it's just.
1: Well, I look. will just quote Ryan Pillar again. He said, "I couldn't care less if people think he would have missed. Even if he kicked it behind, we have had a, would have had a chance to reset and lock it in." Dylan's been much more succinct. He said, fuck off, Macca. Well, we, did.
0: Macca. <laughs> we, did, we did kick her behind from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if That's the time, thing. Right? We
0: did kick her behind. Yeah. Justin Westhoff with his, uh, once again, losing his mind and uh, having the worst shot at goal I've ever seen in my life and the ball mm. trickling over. Like There were so many other things that went wrong after that moment as well. But
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So bloody frustrating. But I don't know. I don't know. Will we ever see? The, will we ever see that again? Will we ever see someone take too long again and get cold to play on? Or is uh, this uh, the Kane Corns rule, where uh, what was the rule that they brought in the um, the faking free kicks rule, which got cold once know. against Kane Corns, and he got reported for it, and then it was never ever seen again.
1: I don't know. The only one I can think of like that is the Brendan is the Braden Lyle. Um, you're not allowed to take the ball when you're on your knee because that, if, if you got someone's hand on you, because that's considered prior opportunity or something, then you've got a free kick against it, even though it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, another one. There was another one as well. I've forgotten it. Sorry. Yeah, anyway. And the tunnelling rule, the tunnelling rule that was a rule for a while, and then it disappeared completely for a long time, and it's come back again occasionally. Because, um, <laughs> mm. I mean, we've got, we got players that get tunnelled. Absolutely. We yeah. do. freeze for it. So. Mm. Pommy Power
0: has asked a question on Spreaky Chat. Club has just posted Todd Marshall highlights online uh, from the weekend. Not uh, edging my best, but reckon he's in this week? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going
1: to be, be.
0: in Or it could just be that they're posting highlights of our first pick from last year.
1: Yeah, well, basically, um, you know, they know that Thursday was a debacle. Mm. Um, so they were going to take any Magpies goodness they possibly can i'd imagine at this point um yeah no I don't, like who do you drop for him i mean it's pretty obvious who you drop for him i guess but who do you drop for him you know like mm. it, if you drop a forward for him okay i guess and i guess that you know aaron young and Jarman maybe made a case that you know they should pull their fingers out of it but i don't know yeah. i don't
0: know right let's get on to the review uh, Port played Geelong at Cadinia Park last Thursday and left with a shattering two-point loss, 11 goals 13 to 11 goals 15. Uh, Robbie Gray was the only multiple goal kicker with three goals, uh, breaking free from Jed uh, Hughes for those uh, three moments there. Uh, where do we start with this one? Um, I guess how, oh, do you, I how do you think start... we played overall?
1: Well, first of all, I'd say that you know we should walk away from that game really satisfied because we won three quarters, um, which we technically did on the scoreboard. Um, we won the first quarter and we gained three points in the third quarter. And we gained three points in the last quarter. So if we'd had five quarters, we would have won. Um.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think we've um, won more quarters of football this year than any other team.
1: Probably, probably We're sitting
0: so what, I eighth or something. So.
1: yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, look, everything went wrong, didn't it? Pretty much. Um, you know, our defence did as much as they could. Most importantly, though, our midfield just got kind of eradicated. For the most part, and our forwards were not able to find. Yeah,
0: that's really it. I thought, considering the amount of ball that was coming into Geelong's forward fifty, especially through that first half, I thought our defence held up.
1: Oh, I agree,
0: well, absolutely, <laughs> brilliantly well. Um, uh, who was it? Um, I've lost my mind here for a minute. Tommy Jones had a great game on Daniel Menzel. We spoke in the uh, in the pre-game that. Uh, Daniel Menzel was kicked um, at least two, two goals, goals in every game this year, yeah. and he was a non-event on the weekend. Jackie mm. Hompsch had probably his best game of footy for a long time. I thought
1: mm.
0: um, they were just brilliant, and Tommy Cleary as well. Like uh, he just completely destroyed Harry Taylor, who had no influence on the game at all. And yeah, you know, he yeah, five that. weeks a week before and had a, had a great game, uh, and he had two kicks on the weekend, and that was it. Yeah. Um, so I think you know those, those core three players there really did their job. Um, the other three or four players that play back there, not so much. I thought Hammer, Brody, uh, DBJ, and um, and Pidard roll a little bit disappointing on the night.
1: Yep, I would agree with that. Um, we've already had a crack at Hammer, I guess, so we don't need to say anything more on that.
0: No, nah. um, but it just seemed like um, you know those lesser lights like uh, Sam Menegola and James Parsons just had too much influence from what they really should have had.
1: Well, I mean, I guess really because we just were not in midfield doing what we needed to do to stop them getting through so easily. Like, they were, they had free run through in midfield a lot of the time. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's not heaps that a back backflanker can do about that. There's enough. There's a bit. But if it's just coming straight through, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Um,
0: Amazingly, we led uh, the clearances by eight.
1: Yeah. 40 to yeah.
0: 32 somehow. It didn't seem like that on the night. I would have thought... Um, Geelong were well in front on clearances, because it seemed like they were getting first bowl out of the midfield uh, for much of the evening.
1: Well, I mean, we had 53 clangers to 36, so that's probably part of
0: it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, How do you feel we we played on uh, Dangerfield and Selwood? Obviously, we spoke about them as being their two key players, that if we stop them, we're going to win the game. I thought for three quarters we did a pretty good job. Dangerfield didn't really have much influence in the first three quarters. Selwood was getting on top by then. Uh, but then they both went nuts in the last. And um, could we really have done anything more to stop them from influencing that result?
1: Uh, no, not really. No, no. Uh, well, let's, let's put it this way. Between them, they had nine frees, four and three against. Mm. Um, so, no. <laughs>
0: That's true. That's
1: true. <laughs> you know, you give you give two of their best midfielders um, a, a, a net total of six threes in favour. Um, that's a pretty big edge for any defensive midfield to do much about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think
0: Ebert. I don't know if I liked Ebert's game on Selwood or not. Looking back, like I thought he did okay. I thought he had some crucial bowl himself at times, especially through that second half. Um. But in the end I think he just gave Selwood too much space, especially at that last contest yeah. in the goal square. Um where I, I don't even know what I, I hope they all got torn to shreds over that uh, Dangerfield goal because um there was two or three really bad things that happened that uh just should not happen.
1: Yeah, look, um <sighs> Yeah, so we got away and Dangerfield got away, like you said, in the last quarter, uh particularly when the game was actually important. Um so it doesn't really matter what you do the rest of the game if you if you don't control them when it counts. Um realistically. That's 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 an old football story, that's not a new one. Um if if you if you shut out, you know, any good player for three quarters and then they tear you apart when it matters, then it doesn't matter that you did good for three quarters realistically. It does not matter at all. So yeah.
0: No, that's right. I don't know. I, I was disappointed that Ebert let uh, Selwood free in that last contest. I was really disappointed that Sam Gray decided to bowl watch and uh, lose the best player in the competition. Yeah. Uh, basically in their goal square, um, which re- <laughs> really ended, if anything, cost us the match. It was that decision there.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I reckon the Sam Gray uh, out of the team bandwagons probably... Pretty full right now,
0: Mac. It's, it's at its peak. It's at <laughs> it's at peak bandwagon. I'm the uh, president and CEO of that bandwagon right now. Yeah, yeah. He's yep. Um, look, He kicked a good goal to start the game, and that was it for him. He did, that last he, he did nothing too, to else, and he cost us the game. So, look,
1: yeah.
0: honestly, we'll bring in anyone else, someone else.
1: I kind of feel like um, he's he's still living in the era of the sub where he could play a good quarter and then get subbed off for the rest of the game because he did well the first goal last week too, didn't he? Yeah. Or whatever it was. Um, yeah, no, he's, um, he's just not consistent enough really. Yeah. But who do you bring in at this point?
0: If you're going to take it on yourself to stand next to Dangerfield, put an arm on him and yeah. look after him at a contact, at a ball up in their goal square with a minute left, mm. you keep eye on him. You don't lose. Yeah. Him. no, no. You don't let him three meters out the back for a handball over the top to kick the winning goal. It does not happen, should in, not Geelong. happen. in Geelong. In <laughs> Geelong, disappointing. Yep. Very disappointing.
1: Yeah, um, he like... How did you find Ryder's game? I don't think he was as effective as he's been recently. Mm. Um, he broke even on stats, I guess, but I, I just felt like he wasn't. Again, this is probably a quality of midfield thing as much as anything, but I just felt he wasn't, didn't have the same impact he's had previously. And I guess, yeah. you know, it's easier for teams to work out what you've got to do against him. So, you know.
0: I'm just wanting more from Paddy. Like, I'm loving his ruck work at the moment. He's obviously getting a lot of the ball, a lot of hit outs, a lot of hit outs to advantage. But around the ground, I, like, he's one of the most mobile big men in the league. And I just feel like he's underachieving around the ground at the moment. He's not taking enough marks. Did kick a great goal in that third, uh, no, in the last quarter. Um, but I just feel like I'm wanting more from Paddy. I feel like he's there's another sort of 15 percent that he can go to.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I, I don't think he's an Ananoi. You know, he's not the guy that when he's not rucking, he's the gun midfielder. Like he's he's a ruck, and when he's not a ruck, he's probably a key forward. So, um, you know, <laughs> you got to work out how to make that work. Really, I, I don't. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think he's ever really been a player that's been heavily involved in the ball going backward or forward yeah um ever
0: so you know travis spoke there's a lot of uh a oh. lot of talk on big footy about travis Boke at the moment how did you see his game and uh i guess the big questions are a is he finished and b should he be captain
1: look he remind his game reminded me a lot of watching um the st kilda game with nick rewalt where they beat gws in that he was playing in a side where everyone else could do things that he couldn't, and he just looked old and past it. Uh, and that's exactly how Travis Boat looked this game. You know, he'd be on the end of a chain, and he just didn't have the agility to turn it into something. Um, you know, he's getting on. He's getting on, there's no doubt. Uh, and it's kind of like we see what we saw with Cassisi when he was tailing off and just was, you know, he was okay at getting knocked about a bit, but when it came to showing a bit of finesse, he just didn't have it. And I feel that folks hit that point. Mm. Um, that's a bit worrying. Um I don't know. Mm. I, I, I could see him. Oh, sure. I, I reckon he's gone.
0: I reckon he's done. Really. I, I don't reckon he's. I reckon he's had a good year this year. I, I just feel like when you put someone with a bit of pace on him, that's when he struggles. Like as you said, yeah, he was on absolutely. the end of the, on the end of the chain about four or five times there, where he got you know sort of like a handball over the top or ran onto the ball, but he had someone on his back the whole time, and as soon as he touched it, he was tackled. I'm not sure that's... Yeah. His problem, or not, or if it well, was it the is, delivery he, to you him, you could
1: see that. It, look, at the, if he was any one of, say, our any one of our other midfielders, they could have done something with that. You could, you know, they could have done something with that. Like, could they all used to being, you know, slightly agile or playing keep off or just getting a boot to it or whatever else? But he just didn't look like he knew what to do at all. Um, yeah. That that was the difference for me. Like, he just didn't. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but he just didn't have that that awareness. Like, yeah, he's missing. He's missing that thing. He just looked like an old footballer. That's really all it was for
0: me. I don't know, but then I look at the... There was a couple of times when he went into the midfield and I thought he turned the game oh, yeah. in our favour twice.
1: But he, that's um, what I'm saying. Is he's through that second quarter now?
0: and through the last quarter when he moved in there, like we kicked goals because of his uh, clearance work. Um, so maybe yeah. we're just um, playing him in the wrong position again. Like maybe he well, just needs to go back to being a pure midfielder.
1: Well, I mean, he might be a guy that um, if he's not in the midf- midfield, he's on the bench, but then... You know, you've got to make room for that in your
0: side, don't you? Yeah, so. you do. Mm. Uh, Sammy Palpepper, I thought he was pretty impressive on the weekend. Um, oh, I... In terms of his grunt work, I thought his usage, usage of the ball was good. Yeah, I think, yeah, he, he turned the ball over quite a bit, and that's probably the worst game he's played in terms of his skills. Um, but I did like how he physically stood up to Geelong's midfielders.
1: Look, I mean, I like that. Um, I don't know. Kind of, I might be being unfair. So I'll quickly check the stats before I say it. But it felt like he gave away stupid freeze as well. Uh, he gave no away four reason. free kicks. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like he I, I feel like he was trying. So it reminds me a bit of Wingard, but in a midfield role. And he was trying so hard to make something happen, but he forgot he had responsibilities going the other way too. I feel like he's playing like that right now. Like he's just trying to make something happen constantly because you know no one else is, yeah. um, and he's getting he's not he's not being held accountable enough for making sure that the other way works. So that's kind of like I guess like Ollie Wines in his first year in a way as well. Ollie Wines may be a bit more accountable, yeah. but not much. Um, I think that's just a coaching development thing for him right now that they need to say, hey, look, you're playing the NFL side and it is good that you're trying these things, but. If you don't keep your eye on the fundamentals, you're going to become a useless player. Yeah, <laughs> which is true.
0: That's true. Uh, Ryan Pillar has said on the uh, um, "Is Ollie's time to become captain? I see having a stellar post captain seasons like Wangadine. I agree with that. I feel like um, once Oak is free of the captaincy, I feel like he'll get back to his best. I think.
1: Nah, I reckon he's going to be that one-dimensional player forever now.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't – I'm going to disagree. I don't think okay.
1: so. Okay. Um, I would query one thing, though, uh, mm. which is that if Wingard's going to be a midfielder now, maybe he's captain. Mm. mm. <laughs> and that was the only reason people didn't talk about him in the past is because he was a small forward and a small forward captain doesn't really work. But if he's a yeah. full-time midfielder now, um, I think that he's definitely a player that – you see it more than with Oli in that he's a player that really tries to lift the side and lead by example. Um, so I would not be shocked if he was considered at least certainly a lot more stronger than he has been so far. We're all yeah. acting like it's a Monty for ones right now, and I think it's a bit more of a closer race than that.
0: Yeah, possibly. Uh, I've never really thought about Wingard as captain uh, in, in a long time. Um, wow, yeah. But I'm you, you are right. If he is going to become a full-time midfielder, then uh, he would certainly be out there for sure.
1: Yeah, because he does have that
0: leadership potential. I think he was uh, state captain at under eighteen level. Um, Yeah, he's got the X factor. He's got uh, that ability to win games to to lift players around him. So does Ollie Wines, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough call. It's a tough call that one.
1: Like I feel like Wingard, when he's on fire, like everyone lifts a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas Ollie Wines, like he's just excellent. He's a grinder. He's consistently excellent. (laughs) And I think we need to focus on like it's good to have the guy that is your captain because he's a hard working guy, but we've had that for a few now. Mm. <laughs> like that's been our that's been our captains since Warren Treadrow is that they're a hard working guy that maybe isn't the most skillful or impactful, but they get a fair bit out of themselves. Um, And I think it might be time to swing the balance the other way and say, hey, guys, you know, the hard work is good. And if you're training hard, that's great and all that stuff. But if at the end of the day, you don't pull your finger out and don't take risks and do amazing things, then, you know, you need to or else you're out.
0: Yeah, that's right. Speaking of tough calls, Aaron Young came in um, to replace Wingard. Uh, Was that the right decision?
1: Well, I mean, it was not a great decision to have to make. Um, the fact that we sort of basically weakened our midfield uh, <laughs> against a strong midfield is questionable. <laughs> mm. um, but that's really the only question you'd have there. But then who, do you, who would you automatically bring in? I don't know. At me, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I there's a
0: lot of a talk about as well. He's been in great form. He played really well yeah, on the weekend. He's got
1: midfield. He wouldn't be in midfield. That's the thing. No, I think that's he what hurt us. can run
0: through there. Oh, that's, come that's on. do not can. Don't,
1: don't, you don't you choco me. Don't you choco me and talk about our forwards that are going to be midfielders. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess the thought was probably with Archie there, do we need another ah. midfielder or do we need someone that can just sort of play forward? And Youngie, well, he had a good start to the game. I thought he was um, really good through that sort of first 30, 35 minutes. And then he just didn't get another kick really after that. Um, so you'd have to say him coming back into the side probably wasn't the right call in this situation.
1: Yeah, pretty clearly, I guess, yeah.
0: The other one was uh, Carl Amon that I wanted to talk about. Um, Yeah. Only had 10 touches, which is probably the the least amount of touches he's had in a long time, but Mm. his attack at uh, at the ball, at the body, at the contest was just about better than anybody else on the ground.
1: He has a crack, doesn't he?
0: No one can criticise him ever again for being soft, I don't think. No. Because he he goes harder than just about anybody else at the moment.
1: Yep, yep, I'd agree with that. He's right up there for sure.
0: It's just a pity he only had 10 touches, because if if he did that plus had his usual sort of 18, 19, um, he would have been one of our best players for sure.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's pretty reasonable. To say that, um, yeah, I mean, I guess he didn't have the same impact his head in other weeks, but, you know, he's not alone there, is he? Mm.
0: Mm. Brendan Archie, how did you see his game?
1: Oh, yeah, about what I expected, I guess.
0: I thought he was all right. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's the typical sort of Brendan Archie. Game, yeah. Like He kicked a goal, which was good. I thought he had some really good pieces of play, especially through that second half. But it's just that consistency of, of getting the ball on a regular basis, which he seems to struggle with. And like he'll get it in a purple patch and then he'll go missing for 30, 35 minutes. Yep. Then he'll have another three or four touches in the space of four minutes. Then he won't see it again, that sort of thing. But if you can improve that, um, that would be great.
1: Well, I mean, when you look at... Oh, it's just really very... He is inconsistent. I'm just sort of waiting at this point, you know. I'm I'm like a gator in the water, just waiting. (laughs) I'm waiting for him to have that downturn game because it's going to come. You just know it. So I'm not really getting excited about it.
0: So how do you feel now after the game? We've lost again against decent opposition. Where where do you see us
1: fitting this year? Uh, Look, I mean... You know, we're at the point where there's teams ahead of us that I don't really rate. So either I've got to stop, either I've got to rate them better, or I've got to rate us slower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the fact that we're only one game ahead of a bunch of teams that you would say had had pretty awful starts to the season—that's that's kind of that's kind of eye opening, isn't
0: it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we're probably this is probably the high end of where we should be. <laughs> Uh, I think that we've had losses to good teams and we've beaten terrible ones, but I think we've probably still got a couple of crushing losses to, against teams that we think we're better than mm. to come. Um, and I reckon we might finish 9th, 10th. Okay. Yeah.
0: I would hope we do make the finals, but I don't know. Like, we've played the top five teams, I think. So I think the draw, on paper at least, is not that bad. But... Like, it's hard to say, like, I don't know, can we get by just on thrashing lower-ranked opposition?
1: Well, we're not sorted by percentage, so probably not. We need wins. We need, we need legit wins. Um, we don't have too many more um, games against terrible sides, do we? Yeah,
0: probably not. I think, yeah, I think we've played sort of the top five and then the bottom five just about. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. So it's all those sort of teams that are around us on the ladder, which we're going to come up against shortly, which uh, I guess will really determine where we're going to fit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like um, Essendon, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, you know, they we, they should beat us, I would imagine. Collingwood, how do we, how do we match against Collingwood right now? I'm not sure. Um, Richmond, Adelaide Oval, we should win that one. We're all thinking we should win that one, but maybe that's the one that Richmond pull out of their ass and smash us. Um, and then we get West Coast in Perth. and There's a few fixtures there. Port versus St Kilda in Adelaide. That's another one that could go wrong given St Kilda's current form, which admittedly is still inconsistent. Um, I don't know. The only game that I'm willing to say is a definite win this year is probably round 23 against Gold Coast Suns in Adelaide.
0: <laughs> no, I would hope we Brisbane.
1: <laughs> well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I, so. I think I think we're back in the in the hoping so that, that that's probably what I'm saying as much as anything. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we're back in hoping so. That's it. Well, let's talk about the SNFL uh, briefly.
0: Port played uh, Johnny Butcher led uh, Central Districts at Alberta on Saturday and uh, won by a convincing 39 points, 17 goals, 16 to 12 goals, seven. Uh, Brett Eddie kicked four goals. Uh, Gus Monfries continued his good form with three. Whilst uh, Todd Marshall, Peter Adams, and Aidan Johnson kicked two goals each as well.
1: Um, on Spreaker Chat, Dylan said that uh, Todd Marshall's no good now that he's cut his hair. Is that true?
0: He has cut his hair, but I'm pretty sure he cut his hair like uh, about February or something. So I, I, I don't think this is a new thing.
1: I want to add a hair superstition, which we haven't discussed yet, which is that um, things started going really shit when Sam Powell Pepper shaved off his porn star moustache. <laughs> Fair, like that, that was it. That was when things started going, oh, this is not going well now. Mm. <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, keep the mic. Got to keep the moat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Laddum's kicking two goals. Was he playing as a ruckman or a forward or what was he doing?
0: Oh, pretty much up forward, I think. He had 10 okay. touches. He had yeah. six hit outs, um, but did kick two goals straight. So that's uh, okay. probably his best game for the year so far. Um, again, want to see more from him. But I feel that the situation that he is in at the moment means that we're not going to see what we want from
1: him. What does that mean? That's very vague.
0: Well, it means that we've got Lobby, Laddams and Frampton who are all Ruckman in the side that we, that we have to squeeze in. Can't we um, just stop playing Lobby? So until someone uh, injures themselves or someone else injures them, then uh, we're stuck in that situation, I think.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, yeah.
0: It was the game where a couple of the lesser lights really sort of uh, played quite well. Cam Hewitt played through the midfield and picked up 25 touches and 7 inside 50. So that was a a, a surprising effort because that's uh, by far the most ball he's received uh, on his time on the list so far. And okay. William Drew had his best game probably as well, 22 touches. So
1: hey. uh, it was
0: good to see him uh, pick up a lot
1: of the ball. Was it quality disposal? I believe so. Great, bring him in for our young. <laughs> A straight spot, yeah, definitely. Why
0: not? Why not? Uh, Dan yeah. Houston also played well. He um he had twenty touches and eight marks down back. Uh, and Gus Montfrey's had seventeen touches and three goals, so he's uh he's also up there. Joe Attlee played his best game by reports. He had nineteen touches, kicked a kicked a huge goal from seventy meters, um, nice, which was nice. So again, he's growing as well. Todd Marshall played really really well, and the highlights that we saw on the uh on the website were very impressive too. So. Yeah, you know, we, we've got decisions to make and we've got players there that we can bring in. It's just um, whether we decide to do it or not.
1: Well, <laughs> this is where it comes down to club politics, isn't it, really? We haven't talked much about that, but it comes down to club politics. And if you suddenly start blooding a bunch of youngsters, questions have to be asked because it's a change in plan, yeah? Because it suddenly becomes, oh, okay, well, why are we suddenly blooding youngsters if we're all really confident in how things are going? You know, why has that suddenly happened? Um, you so know. We did
0: that in 2007 as well. Like, we blooded <laughs> yeah. uh, Robbie Gray and Westhoff and Cracker um, mm. and both. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, what was his name? The tall fella who played a few games.
1: Oh, I couldn't tell you oh, back, huh?
0: what's his name? That's going to do my head in now. <laughs> Rochelle. Adam Bushel.
1: <Rochelle. laughs> there you go, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he, he debuted as well. So, look, we we did play quite a few kids that year when we made a grand final. So I don't think there's, a, I don't know, is there a link between um, putting trust in the kids that are playing really, really good footy?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you know, we played, well, This the best games we played this year was when Sam Powell Pepper was in the side and making our players prove themselves, you mm. know. Like that, that's it. That you, It's really it's really genuinely healthy to have younger players come through and challenge and upset the natural order because um, it forces everyone to think differently and to re-perceive where they are and all that stuff. But like It's really valuable. Um, yeah. I'm not at all surprised there's a correlation there. It makes sense. If When you have too many coming in, yeah, okay, you've got a problem then. Your team probably is lacking structure and all that sort of thing. But to just keep injecting, them, I mean, particularly in different areas of the field, you know, like if you're bringing in – a Ford and a midfielder and a backman and a ruck, you know, and they're all rookies. Like that is quite manageable, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But like I said, that's the club politic thing in that if we suddenly start blooding a bunch of youngsters, like, well, okay, do we actually have faith for Ken Hinkley to lead us for another five years? If we're suddenly blooding youngsters, does our list manager need a really big look at because we've been built for this peak and then it hasn't happened? Mm. We have to look at the fact that we've traded out picks to get um, Dixon and Ryder when, you know, realistically, those should be premiership finishing touches to a team rather than sort of filling a gap so you can blood more youngsters. So I think that the club sort of, you know, if you go through looking at all of the decisions we've made to get to this point, I think that there are too many people within the club with vested interests in not suddenly blooding a bunch of youngsters and looking like we're doing a bit of a rebuild because that throws into question every decision we've made for the last four years. Yeah. Um, including the long-term contracts to guys like Heartland and Lobby, it throws everything into question if we suddenly start blooding into this. So I do expect our guys to be very reluctant in doing that because <laughs> it'll it'll do exactly what happened under Matty Primus when he started doing things like dropping cane corns. Um, yeah. And they'll go, oh, what's going on? And, and then they'll be perceived as being chaos, but it will actually probably be doing some good things. Yeah. Mm.
0: No, that's, that's a really good uh, rant you went on there. That was really good. I liked it. Thank you. Good. And it was bang on. It was bang on. mm so yeah, but at least they got a win. Johnny Butcher kicked three at uh, at his uh, Johnny, ground. At so Alderman he pulled Owens, up after so.
1: Beijing, all right?
0: Then he did. He pulled up. Well. Sorry, Shanghai,
1: yeah, yeah. Shanghai,
0: that's it. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff.
1: Yeah, excellent. All right, cool.
0: Nice one. Well, <laughs> let's never talk about this game ever again.
1: Ah, oh, you know what we're going to though, right? Like it's going to come up. You know, oh, I will. Sure. When we talk about the next time we have terrible umpiring at a Geelong game or something bizarre happens, like, I don't know, aliens descend and kidnap our centre-half forward or whatever else. Um, we yeah. need to
0: beat them in a the final, and that will that will stop. That'll be like the Donnie Darko moment sort of thing. It's just gonna, <laughs> everything is going to go back into place well.
1: The Jumanji moment.
0: <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah.
1: Oh, dear. What a right. shame. Yeah, that was a pretty disappointing game, but the signs were already there for previous weeks, so, you know. let see it. It was, it was, yeah. more, it was just the realisation of what we suspected, and that's probably what makes it hurt the most.
0: Yeah. Mm. And we've got another Thursday night game this week as well, so if we lose that one, we can stew on it for another three days. Uh, at
1: least that one's in Adelaide, though. That's true. Hmm. Mm.
0: Uh... Which we will discuss on uh, Wednesday evening.
1: Yeah, nine o'clock essay time, I guess. Again, that's the way. So, yep. Okay. All good. Good stuff. Uh, that's good. Until right. next time. Ka- accountability for the off-field staff of Port Adelaide. Butcher. <laughs> Butcher. One last hurrah. Loads up. They need a mark and then a
0: goal. West off, almost. Motlock couldn't quite. Enright,
1: good tack. Kassisi to win it. Kassisi does win it.